After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily on a Tuesday. Happy Halloween hangover to everybody out there who suffered through the holiday last night and ate too much candy, maybe had too much uh, Halloween punch, whatever it may be. Hope your Tuesday's going okay. Our apologies to all the teachers out there who have to deal with our kids today after staying up late and loading up on candy. Happy happy post-Halloween, Tommy. How'd it go? Did you guys get a little trick-or-treating done last night? We did. Um, I had the realization this was the first time that we had ever taken um, our our kid trick-or-treating because he wasn't old enough a year ago. So he's old enough now. We took him out trick-or-treating. My realization was it's a lot more exhausting than I thought it was going to be. I'm I'm a little tired today compared to in years past not having to do it. Um, So, yeah, I got to recover a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it it is. It's a it's a it's a bit of a morning here on uh, on Tuesdays up too late. Uh, of course, kids are all in a horrible mood when they wake up, and <laughs> it's just, it's like, uh, all right, guys, well, off to school you go. Have a great day. Uh, but that's part of it. You know, that's part of it. I uh, hope everybody out there had a good time. 869-1240 is the number to call. Uh, we've got Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, coming up at the top of the second hour. So we'll get to the Chiefs uh, and begin to look ahead at the NFL week a little later in the show today. We'll get you in this first hour with a little college football uh, to look ahead to. The NFL did end its week last night with a with a Bengals-Browns game I watched none of because I was out trick-or-treating. But, you know, uh, Joel Lamerno, the Bengals fan, sort of alluded to this yesterday. Maybe you could see this one coming as the Bengals have really struggled in Cleveland over the years. That continued, of course, last night. Uh, Chiefs will play the Titans on Sunday night football. So we'll begin to look ahead at that a little bit later. Let's start with college football, though. And this is a really big week in the Big 12, sort of across the board. Um, you get, you know, you get both of the bottom teams in West Virginia and Iowa State playing each other. And all that really means is every other game is going to have some significance in it. Uh, you've got TCU at the top, 5-0, and Kansas State uh, solely in second place right now at 4-1. and and then everybody else, the other six teams in the league, either have three wins or two wins in the league, and everybody's at five games. So it is a jumbled mess right now in the middle of the Big 12 standings. But everybody's still right there within striking distance now 
as we have a conference championship game and still plenty of games to play. So what we get this week is TCU back home, but TCU could lose a game to Texas Tech. I don't think that would surprise anybody. Uh, Probably won't, not at home, but Baylor goes into Norman. Those are two teams who are still clinging to hope. Baylor with three wins, Oklahoma with two. Oklahoma could help everybody out up at the top and beat Baylor at home. They're favored. Um, You get Kansas hosting Oklahoma State, and you get Kansas State hosting Texas. Both of the schools from the Sunflower State are home dogs at the moment. Um, Kansas, maybe not as much as you'd think because, Tommy, it appears that Jalen Daniels has a chance to come back this week. And Oklahoma State is really, really stretched. And is it going to be Gunner Gundy at quarterback instead of Spencer Sanders? It's a big-time opportunity for Kansas, and all things considered, might be their best chance at that sixth win, which is wild to think about when you think about Oklahoma State. But that's the state that they're in currently. And then Kansas State welcomes in Texas. That's a big, big game. Texas is still very much in the mix at 3-2 and two in the league. They're, they're a game back. If they beat Kansas State, They'll jump them. They'll have a tiebreaker game over the Wildcats. This is as big a game for the Longhorns as they've had all year. And Kansas State's coming off of that win. So the Big 12 this weekend is going to be fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, so many different storylines um, with, with all of these teams. And we're, we're far from over in deciding where things are going to finish out in this conference. Um, and that's why it's so much fun to watch week in and week out. As far as the Longhorns are concerned, I, I'm surprised that I'm even saying this because historically this has not really been the case. But I feel like nobody's really talking about Texas as much as probably in years past. Um, and, and I think that some of that has to do with, you know, they've been sort of up and down throughout this season, but keep in mind, I mentioned this yesterday on the show, they dismantled Oklahoma in the red river showdown uh, a few weeks ago. They've got a, a good opportunity to come in and take on a Kansas state, t- a Kansas state team that seems to be peaking right now. It's going to be a clash of the Titans. So th- th- there's, uh, that's a huge matchup uh, this weekend in Manhattan and for the wildcats to be able to solidify their hold on at least second place in the Big 12. And then looking at the Kansas and Oklahoma State game, man, Oklahoma State, uh, it can go one of two directions, right? They can either continue their slide and have two weeks in a row where they don't look good and they've got significant issues and people are questioning why they're in the top 25 in the first place, or they can rebound, they can respond. And I would imagine that they're fairly angry after uh, the, the demolish the demolishment that they had against Kansas State. So um, th- there's a couple different ways that this could go. But yeah, as you mentioned, it looks like there is at least the possibility that Jalen Daniels could return for Kansas. The Jayhawks released their depth chart yesterday and Jalen Daniels was listed as QB1 on that depth chart. Doesn't really mean a whole lot until we get closer to the game, uh, but that definitely is something that bears watching. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a situation at the moment of he's practicing this week is all we really heard from Lance Leipold earlier in the week uh, yesterday. And who knows what that means? It's It's just like we saw with Adrian Martinez last week, I think, in that it's going to be a game-time decision with him. So, you know, I don't know that we're going to get a whole lot of, you know, insight here. But honestly, with Kansas, even if it's Bean with Oklahoma State hobbled like they are, coming off, you know, 
a tough road trip to Manhattan than having to get back on the road and come to Kansas that you're coming out of a bye and whether it's Bean or Daniels, I still think this may present itself as the best opportunity for Kansas to get that sixth win. Either way, their offense under Bean hasn't been awful. And, uh, you know, so don't don't you think? I mean, Kansas has, has got an opportunity here no matter who the quarterback is. Because after this one, you got a road game at Tech, which maybe that's better. I don't know. Going on the road's tough. And then you get Texas and Kansas State. Like, this kind of feels like the best shot if Oklahoma State is indeed – still banged up like it has been, and they don't have Spencer Spencer Sanders especially, isn't this going to be Kansas's best shot, even more than going on the road to Lubbock? A week ago, I would have told you no, and then I watched how Oklahoma State played against the Wildcats. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that there is um, that chance that Kansas has um, the, the firepower, um, at least offensively, regardless if it's Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean, to put points up on the Cowboys. And then, you know, let, let's make no mistake about it. The Kansas State defense is significantly better than Kansas's defense. Um, but the Wildcats pitched a shutout against Oklahoma State. The Cowboys couldn't do anything offensively. So, you know, I, they're, they will definitely put points on the board against the Jayhawks this weekend in Lawrence. But I'd like to think that um, with how, you know, hobbled offensively Oklahoma State is, will it be Spencer Sanders or Gunnar Gundy? Um, I think the defense has the the potential to replicate maybe sort of what they did. Um, I think back to that Iowa State game where they held the Cyclones to 11 points. That was the Kansas's defense, uh, Kansas defense's best showing this entire season. So if they can replicate that this coming weekend against Oklahoma State, um, I, th- I think that, yeah, you you want to have Jalen Daniels out there to lead the team. But even if it's Jason Bean, um, the, the Oklahoma State defense, at least as of late, is not good. So, yeah, I do think that it's probably their best chance as of right now. Um, they go to Lubbock. That's going to be difficult. Um, I, I still don't exactly know what to make of the Red Raiders team and Joey McGuire. It, it's kind of a I think it's kind of a case by case basis, week by week basis for them. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, they're back at home against the Longhorns and then on the road at Manhattan. So, uh, yeah, I don't disagree with you that as of right now, with the state of Oklahoma, the, the state of Oklahoma State right now, it's probably the best opportunity for Kansas to win. And that's a lot of pressure because it is Oklahoma State and you're running out of chances. So I, I get it. Um, two point dogs at home. I mean, at this point, I think it's a wait and see on Jalen Daniels. Is it really? I mean, you know, Tyson, Jason, Be- Tyson Bean, Jason Bean hasn't been. He hasn't been like the problem necessarily, has he? I, I think the lack of a run game has been a bigger problem, and the Hinshaw injury has been the one. And we've talked about this. That's really hurt them, but I mean. Daniels, I think, will be better than Bean. Don't get me wrong. I, I definitely think he will be. But I think that Bean is giving them enough to win games if they can play well in other areas. It's not like he's, you know, coming out there and laying eggs. I mean, he's, you know, he's got three interceptions to six touchdowns. Um, he's He's throwing it at a you know, 60-ish percent completion. He's doing the things that they need to do to win. 
I think they're fine either way. I think they got to find a way to run the ball. That's where they've really slowed down to me in, in how dynamic that offense was early in the season. And, of course, they have to play better defense. I mean, that's the elephant in the room is they're not playing good defense at all, especially in the first halves of these games. But we're, we're going to really lock into the Jalen Daniels angle of this. But that's not – I mean, I think he would be the third most important change that Kansas would have to make. I think they got to run the ball better, and I think they got to play better defense. And, yeah, he'd be an upgrade over Jason Bean. But I don't think Bean, if we're looking at the problems that Kansas has run into the last few weeks, I don't think he's at the top of the list. Well, keep in mind, the reason why they, they've not had a, a strong run game uh, in the games that Jason Bean has played in is because they've been playing from behind in, in all sure. three of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, he came, Jason Bean came into that game against TCU, um, what, right before halftime, and the mm-hmm. Jayhawks were down. And then, of course, it was kind of like just sling the ball around and try to get back into the game and keep up with TCU's offense. They got down against Oklahoma. They got down big against Baylor. And so at that point, you kind of abandoned the run game a little bit. And so, um, yeah, I think that if if Jalen Daniels can come in and they're able to establish a lead or at least play even with Oklahoma State, then I think you can establish a run game a little bit more, even without Daniel Highshaw. Devin Neal has shown flashes of being really, really good this year running the football. Uh, And so they've got to find ways to get him more involved. And the biggest part of that is not falling behind early. That sort of rests a little bit on, or actually a lot on the shoulders of the Kansas defense. They got off to a horrid start last week against Baylor. I mean, not just the defense, but in all phases of the ball. And this is something that has been um, emblematic of this Kansas football team all season for the most part is that they fall behind and then they have to try to claw back uh, back into it. That happened against West Virginia. They got a win. It happened against Houston and they got the win. Uh, so, the, you know, these things are happening fairly frequently for this Jayhawks team. So eventually, and I, I would imagine it's been a big point of conversation during the bye week for Lance Leipold and his staff is how do we actually start off game strong so we're not falling behind by two touchdowns or even more in the case of the Baylor game? And how how do we start off strong so we don't have to completely abandon our game script, our game plan, everything that we've wanted to do entering into the game? That's going to be, in my opinion, the most essential part of this game. Yeah, and I'm trying to go just on recall now uh, to try and remember how the because the defense hasn't played well you know, all year, basically. And they've been able, you know, early they were able to run it and run it effectively. And maybe it is a slow start for the offense that takes the run game away, but not running the ball sort of takes that away by itself. Uh, Like if you can't run it, you're early and you're trying to establish the run and you're, you know, going three and out or not necessarily three and out, but giving the ball back to the other team and your defense. But the defense for Kansas, you know, in games hasn't been great and they still found ways to run it. Maybe it's as simple as not abandoning that, but yeah, I don't know how you do that when you're behind and well, and you end up being, you end up being pretty one dimensional at that point. And then everything is on the shoulders of at least it has been the last couple of weeks, Jason Bean. And that, I don't think that's necessarily the strategy that Lance Leipold would want, Uh, you know, and, and not a knock on Jason Bean, as we both mentioned, you know, he's played fairly well in relief of Jalen Daniels, but I'm not sure that it would be the strategy 
uh, for the Jayhawks to put everything on the shoulders of Jason Bean. I think you can do that a little bit more with Jalen Daniels and trust his decision-making to go and get you a first down, go and get you a touchdown, not make poor decisions. Um, Jason Bean is a little bit more reckless in that way, but I feel like if you're going to be one-dimensional, you absolutely would rather have Jalen Daniels be your one-dimensional guy than Jason Bean. Yeah, oh, for sure, because he can – Daniels is, may not have the same top-line speed as Bean, but he's he's a more gifted runner. He's an incredible runner, and maybe that's the difference because I'm trying to look back at these games now, and I know they got down early to West Virginia, and I know they got down early to Houston, not to the same degree they did necessarily against Oklahoma and Baylor, but they got down early, and they were still able to run the ball. A lot of that was on Daniels, but and a lot was on Hinshaw. I just think that Hinshaw injury is killing him. I really do. Like he was, he was running out of his mind, and I and it, and it's a, it's a dilemma, right? Because, and maybe Oklahoma State is hobbled enough offensively that it's not as much of a dilemma here. I think that would be one of the reasons I kind of feel like this is a great opportunity for Kansas because if Oklahoma State is limited offensively, depending on the quarterback and a few other things. That should allow Kansas to try to get things going and establish the run and really help Jason Bean out. Maybe that's maybe that's why this game feels like a decent chance, because if Oklahoma State's not as explosive offensively as it's been at times this year, that's where Kansas might have a real advantage here to let the game sort of slow down just a bit. Because against Oklahoma in Baylor, Kansas never had a chance to come up for air just like Boom, they were down huge real fast. And they eventually climbed back into both of those games, but it was too much. If Oklahoma State's not capable of doing that right out of the gate, I think that's advantage Kansas the way we've seen them play the last, really the last two games, if not three against, if you include the TCU game. Well, that's the question. Is Oklahoma State capable of doing that? And I no idea. Um, I, I think that a fully, I mean, there's no doubt about it, a fully healthy Oklahoma State team for sure is able to do that. Um, it's just a matter of where do they stand um, coming into this game. They weren't able to do anything against the Wildcats a week ago. Like nothing worked. And let's not forget that, you know, th there's been a lot of conversation about will it be Spencer Sanders? Will it be Gunnar Gundy? And yes, the ceiling is higher for Oklahoma State when Spencer Sanders is in there without a doubt. However, even Spencer Sanders was ineffective against Kansas State. He didn't go down with his injury until midway through the fourth quarter, which there I kind of thought at that time, like, why are you, why do you even still have him in there if you're down 48 nothing at that point? But it was midway through the fourth the fourth quarter when Sanders went out. He was ineffective the entire game before going out with the injury. 13 of 26, 147 yards, and a pick. That's all he did against Kansas State. So uh, it, it's Again, I, I mentioned this yesterday. It was so shocking that, the, you know, they didn't even look like a top 25 team last week. And so, again, you go back to which way do they respond? Do they let it get to them and continue this slide down? Or do they respond? And Mike Gundy has been around for a long time. And, you know, if there is any coach in the Big 12 that knows how to probably get his players uh, to respond after a loss like that, it's probably Mike Gundy. So uh, I, I think it could go either way, but I'm leaning more towards the Cowboys will probably be more ready to play this weekend than they were against Kansas State. Well, I think, yeah, they'll be more ready to play, but whether they're, you know, full strength or not, I mean, they're either full strength or they're not. I don't think they're going to be. I think they're banged up, and I think 
Yeah, they, but I mean, they, come they on. could they, absolutely you don't, you don't come out with their hair on fire. I, I, I totally get that. Four, yeah, you don't lose forty-eight to nothing only right. because you're hobbled. Like th- there yeah. were absolutely. That, that's a that's a component for sure. But you don't get absolutely. dismantled like that just because you have injuries. Yeah, I mean, for Kansas, and I've had Kansas fans tell me this, like, oh, great, we get to play the team right after they get their rears kicked again. Like, you got right. that with Oklahoma. You got that, like, it's this, it's this theme for Kansas this year. Um, and I, I don't know. I it just, come on, Jalen Daniels, play, because it's such a great story. But it, I don't think that's the biggest story, as much as it feels like the biggest story. As far as this game goes, Spencer Sanders is the biggest story. Uh, KU's defense coming out after a bye would be the second biggest story. And then Jalen Daniels maybe slides in there to third because I think being the difference from Bean to Daniels is there. Like, it, it exists, but it's not so much so. Like, he, I guess here's how we pose it, and we can wrap it up with this. I'll ask you this question. If Jalen Daniels plays against Oklahoma or Baylor, do you think Kansas wins either of those games or finishes the game against TCU? Quite frankly, uh, I do. I don't. I don't know if they win all three of them, but I think that they at least get one of the three. He uh, doesn't play Jaylen defense in there. What difference would he have made? Oklahoma put fifty-two up on him. Uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like the the difference maker that Jalen Daniels has been able to make this season. I, I probably look at the TCU game as probably the one that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, maybe I don't know. He was playing bad in that game anyway. True. I think maybe True. the Baylor game. I think the Baylor game may okay. have been the game, right? But either way, what my my point is, if they allow fifty two points to Oklahoma State, I don't care who's playing quarterback. They're not going to win the game. So they yeah. got to be better defensively. They have to be, and they have an opportunity. It would appear with Oklahoma State hobbled to be better defensively. Now they got to step up. They're coming out of a bye. The pressure to me is on the Kansas defense this week to get it done and give them an opportunity to win this game. Let's talk a little K-State. We'll begin to look ahead. We talked a lot about you know, what K-State did over the weekend yesterday. Let's look ahead because they've got a big one. Texas right here. Here we go. Kansas State controlling its own destiny. We'll hit the Cats next on Sports Daily. back everybody sports daily kfh looking ahead to a huge big 12 weekend um could be fun could it be fun it's gonna be intense uh, i think in a weekend where k-state began to run away with that and uh it, it just sort of well, that game got out of control, and then all of a sudden the Big 12 weekend wasn't nearly as, as good this past weekend. It's going to be great this weekend. One of the other key games, of course, we just talked about Kansas and their opportunity. Kansas State sits at now number 13. They skyrocketed up the top 25 after the win against Oklahoma State, rightfully so. Um, now it's Texas, and, Tommy, Texas is, you know, Texas is a dangerous team. Texas is always dangerous because we know how many talented players they have. But they're not playing poorly either, and they're coming off of a bye. They're angry. They lost to Oklahoma State. 
Before that, they had a three-game win streak going, albeit two of those wins were at home against West Virginia and at home against Iowa State, right? They boat raced Oklahoma, of course, in the middle of that, so don't want to take that away from them. But I don't know what to make of Texas, right? They lose to Texas Tech on the road. Two of their three conference wins came at home against the bottom of the conference. You had the Oklahoma game, impressive, and then a loss at Oklahoma State. Now they have to come back to Kansas State. I, even even with it being Texas, I will say, Tommy, I'm pretty surprised they're favored in this game right now. Uh, don't forget they also played the Crimson Tide to a point at the beginning of the season. True. Um, you know, so yep. so that's out there also. I mean, it's a non-conference game, right? But, you know, playing Alabama to a point. Um, now, of course, Alabama has since, you know, dropped a game. And, and so um, take that for what you will. But no, still, I mean, Texas is a, I think the word dangerous is correct. Um, they, they haven't been consistent. They're not consistently great. Um, I think maybe the only team in the conference that you can say that about is TCU, like being consistently mm-hmm. good all year long. Uh, Texas is not that, but they are very dangerous. Uh, Bijan Robinson, um, I think, is probably up there with Deuce Vaughn as far as you know overall most talented running back uh, in the Big Twelve, and so that's you know going to be the the focal point of the Kansas State defense to focus on uh, on Saturday. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like. Texas is right there. They've been ranked at times this season. Um, and, and what I find really interesting about this matchup is you've got both teams here. So Kansas State on one side that just got done dismantling Oklahoma State 48 nothing in a shocker that nobody saw coming. And then you've got the Longhorns coming off a bye week, able to rest and get healthy and get and, you know, have an extra week to prepare for Kansas State. So I feel like um, you, you combine both of those those things together. We're in for what should be a pretty incredible matchup this weekend. We should be. Do you think Texas should be favored in this game? Uh, No, I was surprised that they were favored in this game um, after the result from Kansas State last weekend uh, and the fact that the game is in Manhattan. Like, I I don't understand why the Wildcats were favored against Oklahoma State but not favored against Texas um, coming into the matchup. I get why they were favored now. uh, Well, because of Oklahoma State, but at the time, yeah. Oklahoma State's injuries were Vegas was on to something there. Uh, but Texas, I mean, Kansas State doesn't have significant injuries right now that would concern you, right? I think Will Howard put that to bed. We don't know who this, I mean, I don't know who the starter is going to be, but I don't think it really matters at this point. I, I can't figure it out. And this is one of those times as we, as we wager now in the state of Kansas, it's like, oh, I want to hammer the K-State money line. But I don't know which way, which direction the line's going to move. So it's like, do I wait and see if it gets a little better? Uh, do I just take the two and a half points just because do I take it out? Like it's one of those things I'm for sure taking K state at home in this game though, one way or the other. Well, I, yeah, I'm very, and, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm stunned. I, I have not taken K state one time this year and it, it was last week and okay. Lesson learned. You got me cats. I'm out. I'm back <laughs> on the, you know, I'm back on the bet on as far as betting. Uh, we're obviously bullish on K state in, in real life, but yeah, like, I'm just like, what Texas is. It's it's interesting with te- maybe there's some of it that they're coming out of a bye week and I I would have to go back and look at Sarkeesian historically out of a bye I don't have that data in front of me I'm not gonna look it up right now but that could be a part of it um, but it just it's it's strange it's a strange line Kansas is is a little bit strange but at least we can find the reasoning of why it's really close right because we don't even know if Spencer Sanders is gonna play. 
and you have the Jalen Daniels thing hanging out there. But for Kansas State, now it would be different if we didn't see Will Howard just play, you know, what he's really, Will Howard now through a game and a half has looked really, really good against what some might say are two of the three best teams in the league. And so I don't think it's the Will Howard piece because we don't know if he'll start or Adrian Martinez. It's got to be more about Texas than it is about Kansas State. But I don't know because even if you take, okay, so let's take the Oklahoma outcome with it and just we'll call it a wash with the Oklahoma State outcome last week. When you then go look at what Kansas State has done, right, the rest of the year, I think it's, you know, more impressive than what Texas has done the rest of the year. It also, Kansas State, also, they went to Norman and beat the Sooners. They have a win over Tech. They beat Iowa State the same way. And then Oklahoma State, maybe it's pretty similar. Maybe they're very similar as I look at it now because the two lane losses there. Um, It's just, I don't know. I I think Kansas State's the better team, I guess, is the point in all of this that I'm trying to convey. I I just think Kansas State's better than Texas. Do you feel like it's less of a Will Howard question and potentially more of an Adrian Martinez question? I don't know. Um, Because at this point, there hasn't been any sort of indication from Chris Kleiman about not only Adrian Martinez's health, but also if he's healthy, will he remain the starting quarterback or will Will Howard take it over after the performance that he had last week? And, you know, I I wonder if maybe the thought is uh, if Adrian Martinez is deemed to be healthy enough, maybe he plays and the ceiling isn't as high. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I mean, again, I'm trying to I'm trying to find logic from this line, and I I can't really find it. I mean, I I think I can find it as it you know on the surface because you look and they did it was on the road, but the Iowa State ten nine win maybe lingers a little bit. Common opponent Oklahoma, albeit it was neutral site for Texas in a road game for K State. Texas beat them by forty nine, and K State beat them by seven. Okay, so, okay, the, but. Kansas State has the win over Tech. Texas went to Lubbock and lost. So, again, not totally equal. Uh, TCU has uh, – Texas played TCU? I think they have. No, that's next week. That's next week. Okay. So, yep. we don't have that common opponent. So, there's not just a whole lot of common opponents. And Oklahoma State, we just talked about. Texas lost to Oklahoma State, but we don't know. You know, Kansas State boat raced them. But does – you know – they were kind of banged up against Texas, too. So that, again, that that is sort of a common opponent. I, I don't know. And there's probably a reason for it, and that's why I'm trying to find it, because I'm trying to understand this game going into it, because Vegas doesn't play, you know, Vegas doesn't play favorites, right? They, they try to set the line as they can, you know, effectively make money on it. And I would guess that, and I don't know, we'd have to look. I, I'll be curious. We'll try to look at this later in the week, maybe with uh, Chelsea Messenger, but... I would guess that more money right now will go toward K-State, even though Texas is what it is, and and maybe not because of just population, but it feels like Kansas State should be the favorite in this game at home, and they're not. What is the reason for that? Because there's got to be one, right? There has to be a reason for that. Maybe it's as simple as Texas is coming out of a bye week, which is dangerous, right? That, That sort of take some of the home field advantage away from you because Texas has had two weeks to prepare for you. Maybe it's that simple, 
but I think Kansas State should be the favorite. Well, I think that what it does, for me at least, is from a betting perspective, is find other ways to bet this game. Uh, because the, the, it's it's giving me pause uh, on whether or not I want to try to to yeah, bet it's, it's, um, the, you know the spread or the money line or whatever like find other ways find player props or you know something like that uh, to get into with this game because well, the over under is fifty four which seems pretty appealing um, but the other the other aspect to this and let me let me pull it up Kansas State we know what the Kansas State defense is capable of when it's healthy. Texas defense, we saw blank Oklahoma, but Dylan Gabriel was a problem there, right? Um, so Texas's defense, 41 from Oklahoma State, uh, 24 from Iowa State. That's a lot of Iowa State points. <laughs> Sorry. that And that came in Austin, by the way. Uh, Tech put 34 on them in overtime. I mean, the Texas defense hasn't been to me. I, I, I would say K-State's defense is better. Uh, well, and the, I think the other thing to keep in mind with this game and, and another reason why I feel like the spread is a, a little bit interesting is because of the the importance of this game to, to Kansas State. And not that it's not important to Texas. It absolutely is. But Kansas State just got themselves in the driver's seat to play for a Big 12 title. Uh, and they don't want to relinquish that after one week. And so that's, in, in my opinion, I yeah. think the, the pressure is more on Kansas State to stay in that position, to stay in the yeah, driver's seat. So, so I, I think that, so. again, that's another reason why I feel like that's a little bit interesting. Like the motivation could potentially be more there. Um, you well, know, it, Texas, so Texas coming up left on its schedule. I think the motivation's there for Texas for sure, but I definitely think the pressure's on K-State. Maybe just as simple because they're at home, but... You know, Texas, if they beat K-State, will be in position at that point to play for a Big 12 title game. They'll still get to play TCU. Now, TCU's up two games on them um, in the standings and not just one, right? So that's a little bit different. But for Kansas State, you know, Texas is sitting there at 3-2. and two. They beat Kansas State. They get into that mix of the two lost teams if Kansas State comes down. But then they get Kansas. TCU and Baylor who could also potentially be still in the mix with two losses because that's all Baylor has remember Baylor felt like they lost a billion games but they're still three and two in the league so for Texas there's a lot there for them too Kansas State has the pressure in the sense that they're at home and they're the ones looking down at everybody else the targets on their back not the other way around so I do think that creates some inherent pressure right I mean Texas they've got back-to-back weeks here against the number two team in the Big 12 and then the number one team in the Big 12. So if they want to make up ground and they want to find themselves in that mix right there in front to play for them. a title game, it, it's these two games this weekend yep. and next weekend. So I don't think you can understate the importance of, you know, for really either team uh, at this point. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I still cannot find strong enough logic in my mind to justify the spread, and it makes me want to stay away from betting that this weekend. Of course, it yeah, can we'll f- obviously shift one way or another, but as of right now, I don't know if I'm touching it. We we found it. We, we'll find it, I think, before the end of the week. We'll just keep paying attention to what might be going on with that. But it's there. I mean, you want to know why the Big 12 just got a huge payday? It's because of how good this league is every stinking week. It Like, it's just so compelling all the time. The Big 10, it's a two-team race. It's been a two-team race before the season ever started, and it's going to stay a two-team race. We already knew that. The SEC, the SEC gave us some surprises and does. So, okay. But the Big 12, man, you just can't ever predict it. 
It's so good every week. That's why the league's getting paid. No different this week. Love it. Because we're sitting here with teams at the top that we have no idea how to establish who's really the best team in the league, right? Like, or the best teams in the league. Because they're all so close. And they're all really good. In a good way, they're so close. It's awesome. Yeah. Love the Big 12. Yeah. Love that they got paid. This is why. Because every week, it does not disappoint. It gives us what we desire every week, which is top-to-bottom competitive football. All right, let's come back. Let's talk a little. We'll hit on the World Series here real quick because we've got a a true rain delay pushback game situation. I think for the first time in more than a decade, since like 2011, we've seen this. That could, could be really impactful to the outcome of this series. We'll talk about that next on Sports Daily. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Sports Daily, rolling right along on a Tuesday edition. Glad to have you here. Jad taking us back to, uh, this probably be about college for me, I think. It's a good song, Jad. Um, all right, World Series is here. So we get a rain out, and it's going to be, it looks like a true rain out. They're just sort of going to push everything. They're going to keep a day off. So we get all of the things staying the same, except they come a day later. And really all that means is Aaron Nola can slide up now and pitch game four on regular rest, which feels like an advantage to the Phillies, Tommy. I mean, it does to me. Yeah, I think it does. Um, I was surprised that the Phillies were able to get game one. Um, 
of course, the Astros, back, uh, you know, bounced back there. But um, I think that getting a little bit more rest for Aaron Nola, being able to get into that position, absolutely favors the Phillies. Um, I, I'm still sticking overall with my with my guess last week that uh, it's going to be the Astros to win the whole thing. But man, I've been surprised by the Phillies so far. It's um, I haven't been surprised by it. I just think we're so far from over in this series. It's essentially now become a five game series. Houston's pitching is deeper, but if the Phillies sets up right, they can match them at the top, right? Nola and Wheeler and Ranger Suarez should be able to match the Astros and what they again. The Astros are deeper. Don't get me wrong, for sure. The Astros are just flipping loaded everywhere, but I think the the Phillies now have set themselves up in, in a rain delay, and they were going to be okay anyway. I picked them anyway, but. You know, if you can get Nola in there and then also have him in some capacity for Game 7. Because I think what might happen is, and we saw this in the 2014 World Series with the Royals. You had Madison Bumgarner move up and then become available in Game 7 out of relief. And that was a big factor in that series. If the same sort of thing, and Nola isn't what Mad Bum was then, but he's still really good. And if that can happen for the Phillies, so if he can start game four and then come back in and be available in game seven, if this series goes seven games, that could be impactful, just like it was in that 2014 World Series. I don't know. I, I, I It's just one little thing here as you come back home to Philadelphia that in that clubhouse and in that room you're talking about, you're feeling it. Maybe it gives you a little extra confidence. You get Suarez and McCullers tonight. I do think that's a pitching advantage to the Phillies. Um, I don't know how much of an advantage it is, though. And I, I think we'll continue to see just sort of back-and-forth games. It just it feels like a long series to me. Nothing's taken me off of that either. I think this series goes at least six, if not seven. And I think it'll be highly entertaining all the way through. Because, because both big, teams have yeah. home run hitters up and down the lineup. My biggest question for the Astros is... Do you feel at all confident to trot Justin Verlander out there again if the if the series goes longer? Um, you have he, to. He did not. I mean, I, I wouldn't give him to. more than a, I wouldn't give him more than two starts. Didn't look I mean, good I, in I game one a, at all. <laughs> he never has looked good in the World Series. No, I'd not give at all. him. I'd give him a quick hook in his second start. I definitely wouldn't be doing anything to get him into a third game. That that would I would throw that out the window for sure. But I think you get—I mean—you give him his second start on full rest with a quick hook. That's what you do with—that's what you do with Verlander. It's weird because it's got to be psychological, right? Like we've seen him dominate in this postseason, but whatever this World Series thing is that he can't get through, if it's psychological with the pitcher, you just never know. But I think because he can totally take over and dominate a game, because that capability exists with him. I think you got to give him his his regular rest chance to do that and just and yank him early if it's not there. Can we also talk about real quick about how with this rain out, everything's pushed back a day. So you've got Philly's Astros World Series on Thursday and Philly Houston Thursday night football yeah. on Thursday. It was um, going to time out to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now it's going to happen. Well, I, and I, I I don't know how they'll – where are those two – I don't know the geography of Philadelphia. Where I wonder if those two stadiums are close to each other. Um, I, I mean, Philly will show up for both, I would think. I mean, pick your, pick your spot if you're a 
Philadelphia fan. I would suspect. Well, Thursday night football is in Houston. Uh, oh, and oh, oh, the World oh, oh. Series well, that's not is a problem, in Philly. Then. Yeah, oh, so yeah, they're in different cities. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. still, I was the fact that, that they're on the same night. I yeah. thought about that earlier, and I kept thinking that game was in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, that's not a problem. You just go and you watch the game. You know, I'm sure they'll put the game up on the scoreboard or whatever, and in Philly, and let people know what's happening. It's no big deal. This happens. It'll be all right. Poor I just think it's funny that it's. I think it's funny that it's both teams. You know, that they, they are going to have to deal <laughs> yeah. with this, right? It's not like you've got right. the Philly teams that are like both Philly and Houston are in the same games. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's no problem. It's no problem. They'll, they'll figure it out. Good, good, good problems to have if you're a, a sports fan in Houston or Philadelphia. Uh, not a bad time to be a sports fan around here either because the Chiefs are awesome. We'll talk about the Chiefs. They got a big Sunday night game against the Titans who, you know, for all intents and purposes, people are sleeping on the Titans a little bit. Here they are in good position. We'll talk to Dan Israel, executive producer uh, of the Chiefs Radio Network, he joins us for our weekly visit next on Sports Data. Thank you.